Today on Octal FM, Chilada and I climb to the peak of platformers as we discuss and review the indie game Celeste. Hello and welcome to another episode of Optal FM. I'm Sefran. And I'm Gelada. And today, this is actually a game you recommended for mm. us to talk about, which is Celeste. Which is a, uh, it's a puzzle platforming game. Yeah, it's it uh, came out quite recently as well. I, we haven't actually written down when it came out, but it's, it's not that old at all. A couple of months, I think, from the point of recording. Yeah, and I heard about it because... Well, I really primarily because it was it's on the Nintendo Switch, which is what mm-hmm. I played it on. And the Switch does quite a good job of exposing to you about new titles through their sort of news system. Um, and so that was where I sort of saw a bit about it. And then I sort of started to see some hype about it on Twitter as well. And so that really sort of piqued my interest. It, you got a little uh, push on Steam as well, because I do remember seeing it on like the front page when it mm. got re-released. And it was sort of thing, went, oh, that looks interesting. Yeah. Uh, and then I thought, oh, I'll pick that up at some point, and then didn't. didn't. You know, it's often the case with games on Steam. But then you had been playing it on, on the Switch, and you were like, oh, dude, this game is so good. Like, we, we should talk about it. I'm like, oh, okay, mm. well, I'll pick it up and I'll give it a go, because that way I've got more of a basis to discuss it on the episode. Yeah. And yeah, I agree entirely. It's a fantastic game. It was definitely worth picking up at full price. Yeah, it's actually I know it's something you know that I mentioned as well because I, I agree. I think that it it is really worth the the price that you pay for it. It's very reasonably, you know, the price point is really reasonable. I think it's uh, I think it's fifteen pounds. Yes, that sounds was about it fifteen right. pounds on the Switch? I think so. Yeah, similar. Because I I have a feeling like Nintendo often put the prices up on their versions of games no it was it was reasonably priced on switch as well that's good and it really did suit the switch quite a lot that you know yeah, particularly yeah. Pick up and play feel. um it was re- was really good it's uh, i wanted to talk about it because or i thought it would be good to talk about because i was so impressed by it um and it really sort of stuck with me immediately from from the word go of playing it so i was really sort of like like i actually um i showed people at work it and i was and i like showed you know i was sort of like talking about it and wanted to show people this game um because i was really sort of impressed by it and also it suits something that we've talked to talk about on octal fm because we've talked quite a lot about platformers actually haven't we yeah weirdly it's probably the uh, kind of genre of games we talked about the most <laughs> which is odd because it's not really one that we would consider ourselves most attached to is it yeah, like, apparently so <laughs> yeah it must be i must just have a, a, a nice little uh little love for platformers yeah. but th- that's exactly what the game is it's a platformer mm. it's made by the same guy slash team called matt makes games and it's the same team that made towerfall ascension yeah so if you've played that which is a real kind of indie classic by now yeah um you know it's a real fan favorite if you've played that you've already get, get a very good idea of how the game sort of plays and controls but it's more of a a linear kind of puzzle platformer rather than primarily say a challenge short battle arena style thing yeah because there isn't a multiplayer in celeste it's no. just all single player yeah and it reminds me kinds of games that you may have played or be familiar with things like super meat boy 
and N and N plus. Oh yeah, that, like N, yeah. flash game. I always think of that in my head because it was the first kind of game like this that I played. That in my head it was the first, <laughs> even though it yeah, wasn't. no, it's it's a good uh, comparison. You, you know the kind of game, basically yeah. that sort of stylized, uh, sorry, pixel perfect uh, platform puzzler. Yeah, say that four times, and it's. We just like you say, you just want to talk about because how much it stuck with you, and it that definitely felt the same way for me as well. Because I only picked it up a couple of days ago, so I haven't finished it yet. I'm still playing through it, but I'm just as impressed by it as I sound, as the sounds of it. You are mm. like I really enjoy it, and the words that kept coming to me when I was playing it, which I said to you more than a few times, was. Uh, it felt satisfying. Yes. You know, it was very sort of satisfying to sort of run and jump through the levels. And it had that same kind of rewarding feeling of doing well when you win a round of Towerfall. But mm. because you're not fighting against other people and you're just kind of like completing a puzzle, you get that added bonus of I, fi- I, I worked the puzzle out and it felt great doing it. That's a great comparison, actually. And what I was most impressed by, which is kind of a, the similar sort of thing, is yes, it's a puzzle platformer, which means that it's got that sort of like tricky platforming, you know, tricky jumps, tricky like timings and things like that. But there's something about it compared to, say, Super Meat Boy, where it never feels so frustrating. Like it somehow mm. gets the balance just right that when you've mastered a bit, you can endlessly do it. Like that bit that you originally found so you were like, how on earth do you do this? This is so hard. And then five minutes later, you can do that bit with your eyes shut. And somehow it just never we've talked before about difficulty in video games. Right. And we talked about arbitrary difficulty and sort of things like um, leaps of faith in platformers where you have to make a jump and you can't see where you're going and you just have to kind of like hope that you get it right. You know, that sort of thing is mostly missing from Celeste. And instead, the difficulty is much more honest and rewarding. And And it's not trying to catch you out. It's very like, this is the difficult bit, and you can see it in front of you. And once you've mastered it, you've mastered it. And it's not going to just weirdly be difficult again. No, that that's you. You said a really accurate thing there was that you can see the difficulty. Yeah, like most of the puzzles, not all, but a lot of the puzzles are within one room, which the ho- that you can see the entirety of the room when mm. you enter. Some of them you have to kind of scrolls either up or to the side or whatever because it's, it's a bit bigger. But most of the ones, especially the quote strawberry puzzles, which are like kind of optional collectibles, which are in hard to reach areas. Yeah, uh, you can see them and you can see all the dangers associated with it in advance, so you can take your time and plan a ruse. And most of the time, you're not forced to hurry either. Once you start doing the platforming itself, you have to kind of get everything in sequence correct to you know, make the jump correct or, you know, make that uh, that dash at the right time, mm. that sort of thing. But you're not rushed to kind of get on with it sort of thing straight away. You can take your time to kind of analyse the look of the, the, the room. Exactly. And oftentimes it's worth just spending an extra 10, 15 seconds before you start going... So what do I do here? Like, mm. what, oh, that's there. That's gonna. Well, that's gonna drop if I land on that and that kind of thing. Yeah, that's not the only area where this game does a great job of managing difficulty. It's not just the the sort of honest. You know, you can see the difficulty, but also it has a like an assist mode. We've talked about that before as well. That sort of like super guide and things like that. You know, a very good way of sort of 
people that do still struggle like you you know like younger gamers or whatever it is the game is still accessible to them but also the game as you as you mentioned has the like optional collectibles the strawberries um which don't sort of on the surface seem to make any difference it's just you know a a counter in fact there's like a tip when the game loads at one point yeah the game even says they don't do anything they're just for bragging rights yeah exactly so they're just sort of there to you can choose to to try and collect them which adds the difficulty without being arbitrary and then you also have alternate versions of levels where the le- it, they use the same mechanics from the level but it's much much harder sort of like a master quest but for a puzzle platformer and they're also optional like it's like you don't need to do those they just they're just there you know so that is just great it's like again i'm thinking back to super meat boy a little bit not to rag on it like it's a good game um but you know i feel like well, that does have a big kind of b-side as well to some extent but it's sort of this I don't know, there's just a lot of different options to make the game easy or hard, and you can just chop and change depending on how you're feeling. And um, If you yes. get frustrated trying to collect a strawberry, you can just be like, you know what, screw it, I'm not going to bother and just carry on. And you're not penalised for it either. Exactly. Like I, I don't know, I, it does a really good job. And I think the other thing about Celeste, as well as the difficulty and the other things, is that it feels like a game that is greater than the sum of its parts, you know, it's like it's got all of these things that are good, but together somehow they make the game even better than just the fact that these bits are good, like the, you know, the graphics and the music and stuff like that. I don't know. There's just something about it when it all ties together that makes it it's not just about the components to some extent. That kind of shows as well in the fact that the game is primarily gameplay mm. and that's where it never falters in the gameplay f- style either. But one thing that could kind of get in the way of it would be its story or rather it's like it's narrative that runs through it mm. but it doesn't either like it, it very much makes sure that the gameplay is at the forefront and the narrative is is kind of nicely unobtrusively in the background but yet it's still very engaging there is something going on there and it's interesting to kind of like yeah. it's almost the story is almost a reward for doing well in the levels and kind of carrying on yeah and it's sort of even though i'd read reviews that said the story is surprising in its depth and and charm. I was still surprised, even knowing that it was surprising. Mm. Um, like it is, the narrative in it is really surprising for a puzzle platformer. It just gets under your skin and the, the characters are engaging, even though it's a puzzle platformer. Like, I feel like every sentence is like, even though it's a puzzle platformer, like it's yeah. like the storyism is great and the narrative is great. The characters are great. Like the, you know, even though it's a puzzle platformer. <laughs> yeah, where that certainly isn't the the primary focus or wouldn't normally be. Yeah. And it isn't. The 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 gameplay is still the primary reason to play the game, but the story just simply amplifies your enjoyment right. of all that rather than it being the alternate part of it or rather than the gameplay being sort of like annoying barrier between carrying on with the story. Exactly. And so the story without spoiling anything or or too much at all really um it's you play as a girl called Madeline, 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 Madeline. Yeah. And you are climbing a mountain and the mountain is kind of a metaphor for life, I think. Um, and there are sort of other characters along the way that you meet. And it's sort of it's set in like current time because there are like mobile phones and technology and stuff like that. But it's also 
in a sense kind of timeless and doesn't really feel like it's set in one particular yeah. time yeah okay. i agree with that it sort of blends that quite nicely as well actually mm. And yeah, you sort of go through these levels and you kind of meet some people on the way and there are sort of, there are cutscenes in between each level and there's sort of a, a slight narrative through the level and sort of, it's it's full of metaphors, right? Like the game is like a one massive metaphor and a massive collection of metaphors at the same mm. time. And one of the other things that helps get game very engaging and is definitely one of the big reasons why it kind of stays with you once you stop playing it is the music yeah like you you said to me oh the music is so good man it's, it's so good and then you was while we were doing the show notes we uh we found that all the, the playlists or rather the album is on spotify and yeah. we're like, oh sweet it's gonna stick this on while we sort the playing the show notes out um and it's really really good it's it's kind of you've described it as chip tune meets piano yeah and i can't think of a way of describing that in like a, a musical adjective a fusion um, it is a it is a fusion yeah, of piano and fusion of the two yeah but it, it works super well it does um, it's really really good very atmospheric and it does a great job of conferring this pace of the level so if the game wants you to be quite quick and fluid because like often sometimes you'll find the puzzles are kind of they're not designed to be tricky they're designed for kind of fluid constant movement so they're not like super hard but they just require you to kind of keep going yeah then the music will kind of like ramp up a bit and the tempo will increase whereas when it's kind of like a tricky tricky platformer the music actually kind of slows down and becomes kind of more calming to stop you from getting too frustrated at dying constantly yeah and it's sort of it's not um, strict chiptune. And so what I mean by that, like if, you, if you're not familiar with the term chiptune for music, that refers to that sort of style of music as if it was being composed on a piece of hardware that has very limited sound output. So something like an old console from like the 8-bit yeah. or 16-bit era. So like music on a Game Boy would, or music on a, on a SNES or, an, or a NES. Yeah. That's sort of what that's the chip tune, and and the word the word chip comes from like microchip, as in like the chip that produces the sound. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, you would have a particular chip that is designed to produce like sounds, and that was the kind of sound that they could make. And some games, a chip tune now, obviously, it's not like a hardware limitation. People just make music that sounds like that. And that's and, style, yeah, it's a style. And when I say strict chip tune, what I mean is that something that actually could be replicated on an old microchip from a SNES or a NES, you know, mm-hmm. something that it actually takes those limitations to heart. And it is not that kind of strict chip tune. You know, there are aspects to the sound and the way that the sort of the sound is created and the, and the special and the sort of sound effects and stuff like that, that aren't that you wouldn't be able to do on a SNES. <laughs> um, yeah. It's in the same sort of way in that the graphics are very pixelated and they're kind of they're sprightly pixels. Mm. But yet there's no way a, a Nintendo Entertainment System exactly. could possibly make it look like exactly. that. Exactly. So even though it's that, it's very similar to like uh, Shovel Knight, if you've played Shovel yes, Knight. Yes, 100%. And it's an, and a comparison of a game that is very strict would be something like VVVVV. Um, yeah, where, where you could probably do most of that in a very old console exactly. or computer. And yeah, it blends you know real instruments and piano in particular there's a lot of piano in it especially in the sort of calming bits and then it uses chiptune beats for the more upbeat kind of Mm. parts and blends the two as well it's really really good um i i really recommend i'll link to the i'll link to it on spotify um and i believe there's a vinyl of it coming out as well um, if you want to buy the vinyl the music was composed by someone called lena rain who also did 
uh, some music for Guild Wars 2 uh, and a few other games as well. That's a real claim because, I mean, Guild Wars 2 is a pretty big game. Yeah. And, you know, again, like, it's interesting, like, we've talked, we talk a lot about platformers and we also have talked a lot about music and video games. You know, we had two yeah, episodes, yeah. 15 and 16. And now I feel like Celeste would probably fit in that discussion of our favorite. Yeah, definitely. Well, for would. me, definitely would fit into other sort of favorite video game music. Um, you know, it, it's Uses really jumped right music. up there. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. Straight away. And, there's so many things that the game kind of just seems to kind of get right and it all sort of just fits and clicks together which kind of goes back to what you said early with the whole it's greater than some of its parts Mm. thing like we mentioned it just kind of talking about the the way the music is used to sort of like uh encourage certain flow you know a certain sort of uh, speed but the levels themselves are always designed with that in mind too they're designed in such a way that it feels very natural to move around it i don't know it's hard to describe like every even that really tricky puzzle bits they feel very fluid everything feels and maybe it's just because the mechanics are quite simple like they're actually not that complicated really um you know and you will always move in exactly the same way every single time it's quite predictable and it's just kind of a case of experimenting with what you can do and what you can't do what you can get away with like for example um learning the uh the quote coyote timing of the game coyote timing being that the short period of time you have between leaving a platform and starting to actually fall yeah basically every every platform has the character have some level of coyote time because it allows you to sort of get that little extra bit of distance without having to be pixel perfect on leaving the platform yeah and you saw in some of the harder challenges you need to to utilize as much of it as you possibly can to be able to reach that kind of ledge or to make that particular jump but it's not punishing in a way it's very rewarding because you get a good feel for it Mm. and one of the things that you mentioned as well was the the controls are so simple and there's so little in the way of features i suppose you could say like in terms of like control and character kind of abilities i guess i can't think of a good word for it like the the ones that there are you become very familiar with yeah really really familiar and as a result of it you feel like a boss when you do a hard level even though the the mechanics are kind of the same ones you've been doing now for a few hours yeah definitely it's like you can only jump dash and wall jump slash hold onto a wall and there's not really i love that mechanic by the way i love the climbing mechanic yeah because not, not many platformers have that, do they? Like, no. most of them have the ability to wall ride where you kind of slide down a wall. Yeah, but not climb Or wall it. jump to jump off it, but not hold on and climb for a finite amount of time. I like it. Yeah, and it does limit how much you can you can climb. And so there's sort of like, you know, if you wall jump, you can wall jump as much as you like, but climbing is, is like uh, penalised in a sense in that you can only do a little bit of it before you it sort of stops you from being able to do it. And what I like is that because that's all you have the game then adds level mechanics you know so there are different things in different levels like in one level um there are sort of these bits of like weird space that you can zip through and on another level the platforms sort of gain this stuff that you can't walk on as you walk over them so you can't use the same platform twice and in another one there are you know moving platforms that you can you know that or collapsing platforms or you know i don't want to spoil all the different features but there's there's quite a few but actually um i've just recently been playing through mario odyssey and there's a big difference in something like celeste 
the game really squeezes as much as it can out of each mechanic it adds in the levels. Which isn't many. Yeah, like it it really finds ways to to sort of make maximizes use of them. it. Yeah, yeah, maximizes them. And just when you think you've like worked out everything that the game can do with a particular mechanic, it like finds especially in the in the sort of harder versions of the of the levels, it finds some really creative ways to make use of it and you're like, "Wow, mm. that's really like that's really clever and really interesting." Yeah. And w- w- how I draw the comparison between that and, and Super Mario Odyssey is that Super Mario Odyssey takes a different approach to sort of level features and it just has countless different things that the game does that it will literally use for like two minutes and then never use again you'll never see it in the game again and that's you know not i'm not saying one approach is better than another but it's just a very different sort of you know it's really like it's just making the most and really thinking it's almost like they purposefully constrained themselves and they were like Mm. okay we're gonna pick like six different mechanics that we're going to expose to the to the player through the game and that's it. Like, we're not going to put more in. We're not going to put, like, 50 in. We're just going to have six. So this is what we've got to work with. And this is what we, you know, and we need to find a way of, of making, you know, creative use out of those. Yeah, and that, that's the word, actually, I was about to use, creative, is that it forces the level designer, which I'm assuming is just the bloke who made it or the whole game, right? Yeah. To be incredibly creative with his levels. Yeah. And to make sure that they felt fresh whilst also being possible with that because one of the things you don't want to do is just make them harder that's it you know just make the jumps longer make them more precise for no, etc yeah, right actually yeah that's a good point at no point do you feel like this is just more difficult yeah it's more difficult because it's a new challenge rather yeah. than it just being kind of mechanically difficult it's, it's kind of hard to describe and it's not to say that mechanical skill or rather mechanical difficulty is bad because there's lots of games that require that that perfect like for example the kaizo mario games you know when you you get like the ridiculously difficult levels they are mechanical difficulty you have to be pixel perfect on your jumps and the timings of things whereas in celeste although you still have to be good and you can't be sloppy it's never about that. It's usually about figuring the puzzle out mm. of how to jump and dash and, and run in certain locations. And I think that's that shows absolutely fantastic level design. Yeah, they've, And you can tell it was obviously playtested quite significantly as well. Um, yeah. like they've really gone through it in fine-tuned areas. Yeah, definitely. And I think that the only thing that on that... And this is... Perhaps other people wouldn't experience this, but I did find that the controls were a little bit finicky in that Mm. sense, in that it sort of feels like it can't decide whether it wants to be played with a D-pad or an analog stick. Yes, I get that. (laughs) And and there are lots of games like that. Like, I think that a lot of 2D platformers, particularly puzzle platformers, struggle with that. I don't know, I guess I, I... I think it's just quite difficult to do as a, as a as a game designer and developer to sort of balance the two. I played it on the Nintendo Switch and the Nintendo Switch has quite small analog sticks mm. and they also don't have any notches. You know, they don't have that like Nintendo 64 style yeah, direction compass points that you can lock the analog stick into. Yeah. And it feels like this game would benefit from those notch points because Yeah, because there's quite a few examples where you need to say dash diagonally up or yeah, down exactly and you think you're doing it diagonally but the game interprets what your movement of your thumbstick is to be a upwards or downwards or exactly across. like you can only dash in eight directions but you kind of feel like you want to play it with an analog stick 
and so you've got like an infinite number of directions yeah. and it feels like the the dead zones i don't know especially on the small nintendo switch analog sticks and to be clear the more i play like if i was struggling because of that eventually i would get it on a particular challenge and and mm-hmm. like i said earlier you feel once you get a series of jumps and dashes and you sort of get the timing right and the feeling right you can just do it um so it's not a major downside i was just a bit like oh it, ah, it's mm. just not only because like you said it needs a controller and i completely agree with you but it also yeah feels i like tried it playing needs... it for about 10 minutes with a keyboard <laughs> it just it's not you could do it but it just isn't anywhere near as nice it feels like not only does it need a controller but it also needs like the right controller <laughs> the controller which i wish i was playing with to be honest with you is a ps4 controller yeah because uh, I'm playing with 360 controller for the from a PC, and it, don't get me wrong, it's good. The uh, I actually started using the D-pad at first, and then I kind of just naturally, I'm realizing it started using the analog stick, and yeah. I found it easier. But I still would prefer the analog stick and uh, D-pad. Well, the D-pad more than anything else from the PlayStation. Yes. Yeah. But weirdly though, the because the, the, you said like the notched uh, analog sticks, the PS4 controls aren't notched. No, they're completely circular. I mean, let me just look at my Xbox 360 controller now. No, um, nothing is notched anymore. No, they're notched either. No, they're not notched either. They're completely circular. I don't know. It still just feels better than the actual um, D-pad on the, the 360 controller. Let's face too. it, the 360 and Xbox One controller D-pads are pretty poor. Yeah, you can also play with the buttons on the Switch as a kind of D-pad, um, which is really ooh, weird. Ooh. <laughs> it's like the C buttons. I wonder what it's like with the Steam controller. Yeah, that would be interesting because I've not used a Steam controller, so I don't know. But yeah, so I don't, I don't know. It's not a big criticism, and it, to be fair, it's a criticism more of controller design more than anything else. You know, this would be good with a GameCube controller. That's what you really want to play yeah. with. <laughs> it always comes back to that. That's that's often told as one of the best controllers, isn't it? Weirdly, considering how controversial the N64 and GameCube controls were at the time of release yeah. as well. Because they were so such a huge departure from what the PlayStation had basically said, this is what a controller should be from now on. Yeah. But one of the things that, unfortunately, the controls can lead to is sometimes unnecessary deaths, I guess. Like yeah. Like deaths that should realistically be avoided. And one thing you've sort of mentioned is that the deaths, the respawns could be a little faster, a little bit smoother. Now, it's kind of hard because they're not as instant as something like Super Meat Boy. No. Whereas when you die, you are within like a fraction of a second return to the the starting area yeah. of that screen or that level or whatever. The, you, you do sort of have that same sort of like go back to the beginning of that like area. You're not forced back to go to the beginning of the level Thank or something. Thank God. I know. Um, but it does take like a couple, maybe like a second or two, which doesn't sound like much. But when you're dying consistently on the same level over and over again, while you kind of get used to it and like learn the puzzle and everything, yeah, it, it kind of can get a little bit frustrating. Well, especially when you think about some of the harder levels. Um, you know, I looked at my because it keeps track of how many times you died on the levels, which is really cool. Yeah. You know, on some of the B sides, completing the B sides, I'm dying like 500 times to complete a level. And if you think if the death takes like a second. Then, still 500 seconds yeah, that's like nearly 10 minutes of waiting yeah. for a response <laughs> yeah which you know it's at the time of thinking one second doesn't sound like much but that adds up it really know? does and, and so maybe you just need that instant sort of like you blink and then you from when the death and then you blink upon where you were rather than there being like this transition screen and what's weird is that it has that sort of fade to black transition as the game reloads and you can kind of i feel like if you press a or you press a button it slightly speeds up right and cuts out some of the transition time 
time. I don't know. Maybe I was imagining it, but I've not noticed it myself. But it's very possible. It just, yeah, it just feels like they need to be just a little bit faster. And I do wonder yeah. if that's intentional. Like, I don't know if they, for some reason, they they decided that it feels better like that. Um, in which case, because like, it isn't a Twitch no. style platform that's the it's thing, a little yeah. bit more thinkingy mm. thinkingy that's a word um <laughs> i do wonder if they if they so maybe do that's it on why. purpose to try and to make slow you think. down a bit yes. rather than you constantly jumping to the same death over and over and over and over again i think so i think that yeah the only other sort of nitpick that i've got and you didn't really see as much of a problem with this as i did i don't know maybe it's just kind of modern gaming creature comforts i guess i don't know which is like there's a, there's a real lack of sense of achievements challenges and time trial features i've written but basically there's just not a lot to the game other than just the game it's very bare bones yeah now, that's not a bad thing don't get me wrong because like it, it kind of keeps going back to what we said towards the beginning of the episode was is that it's very gameplay focused yeah very but there's no it tracks your deaths mm. and it does track which strawberries you've got and how mm. many of the strawberries you've got but it doesn't say track how many jumps you've made or how fast you did levels or well it does but yeah each individual and there's not like you know do this without jumping or do this without dashing or don't die at this time there's no sort of like in-game achievements and all the achievements on steam are all basically just tied to you finish this level you finish that level yeah you know, but this is something that achievements i guess i didn't notice as much because i'm playing on a switch where i'm like oh there's no achievements you know because, because they just aren't. aren't but now you say it i'm like yeah you're right and this is kind of like a reverse spoiler i guess but it doesn't like that that doesn't materialize to my knowledge no, nothing occurs as a result of it you know i it's a good point. You could have like additional challenges and sort of yeah. like meta game around it. There's not really any meta game in it. Small challenges like do the level, but this time do the level without jet dashing. Yeah. You know, or do the level without touching these platforms or something like that. You know, be the same level, just make it harder for people. And like you say, like time trials as well, like like yeah. uh, recommended times, like ghost yeah. ghost times and stuff yeah, like that. Like, I don't know what there, there could easily could be a ghosting feature. Absolutely. Because yeah. there is the speedrun option for for the speedrunning community. There is a, like a timer built into the game itself, yeah. which is great. And it feels like more and more games are building those in because so many games are, you know, aiming to be speedrun now, which is good. But there isn't a time trial feature. It doesn't you know you don't you can set a timer off but it doesn't time you individual level sort of thing and there's not a say you could do this level you know in this and this is your ranking yeah. for between your friends and everything. that feels like it could easily be implemented that's yeah that's that's a really good point actually there's sort of yeah you're right i do wonder i'm sure again they must have thought of these things and so you assumedly do, yeah you know it, perhaps there's a time aspect you know of just not having enough time to put these things in but or maybe it's not worth the money because i mean surely you have to pay for some kind of a level of service for that record yeah. keeping and so but maybe steam would do that for yeah. you i don't know and also it can be it can be gamed very easily and stuff like that can't it yeah. so it's a good point it's i think that the game in that sense is quite stripped back you know like there's only one collectible there's only the strawberries to collect there's not like mm. multiple different types of collectible and actually this comes on to another point that i'm not so keen on in that the levels are surprisingly non-linear. There is a clear sort of path to go through to work your way through the level, but there's a lot of like little mini branches Branching off. rooms, yeah. And some of them are hidden as well. Yeah, and some of them are hidden, some of them aren't. Some of it's just like go this way or this way. But a lot of it is like you can't go back or yeah. it doesn't, you you can very quickly forget where to go back. And there's no map. There's no, no 
it doesn't make it easy to see if you've seen everything or if you found everything. And I know that partly why that's done is because that's where the some of the strawberries are hidden. You know, they're hidden in these branching offshoot rooms and stuff like that. But I don't know. I just I went through I, w- I played through the game and I sort of collected strawberries as I went along. But I wasn't super thorough and I wasn't sort of combing through all the yeah. levels. And now I'm like the thought of going back and trying to find all the strawberries and this is a little bit just how i play games i was just like i do not want to do that i do not want to try and remember now which branch i took you know at that point of no return it requires you to basically play through the entire game again which i guess isn't a bad thing if you want to get more mileage out of the game but like not really i, I kind of just want to know what i'm aiming for you yeah. know rather than doing the same thing again for no real reason i'm just it's just that kind of like i know that they spent so long doing these puzzles and and some of these this level design and some of it i'm not going to see because You're it's gonna miss, quite yeah, difficult for me don't to get to it yeah it's quite difficult for me to find the ones that i've missed so to speak it would have been really easy as well because you wouldn't even have to do detailed maps did you play rogue legacy uh yes yeah i mean the, the map system in there would have worked fine all it is is just sort of like blocks Blocks rectangles to show each individual room and that's all you have had to do Mm. in this you just so there's a room below you there's a room above you and there's room to your left you haven't been in the room to the left yet exactly you know and it could just show sort of transition periods between screens so you know where the doors will be for each kind of level and there you go done it could even mark on where the strawberries are once you've spotted the strawberry in game yeah exactly you know that i need to go back that's it that doesn't seem that hard to implement no i think that those sort of like quality of life things as a gamer for th- would really have, have elevated this up even further. Yeah. But that said, for the price and the amount of content in the game, I think that yeah. it, it's not the end of the world. No, um, it, these are gripes. They aren't problems by yeah. any means. Um, and the game is wonderful and I recommend it wholeheartedly and I haven't even yeah. finished it yet. Yeah, uh, me too. And you have and I, I you know you definitely recommend it. Um, and it, it's 100% worth the price. It yeah. really is worth the price because I think they could even charge a little bit more for it. I think um, they could as well. Like, it's £15 and I think you could probably push maybe 20 Yeah. Uh, I, think, I, don't, I, think, I don't think higher. I don't think you could do higher than that but I think you could push 20 for this game Yeah. and people wouldn't be upset about it. But as a result of it, they've obviously gotten a good amount of uh, sales and I hope it does really well. Uh, and hopefully it will become as much of a classic as Towerfall did because I love Towerfall and, uh, you know, we still play it every, every so often. Yeah, it's still a, it's still a land game. Um, yeah, it's for great. Sure. Yeah, I, I also agree. I, I This is really shot up, you know, right at the top of, of, my, of some of my favourite games. Um, mm. I think it's really going to stick with me um, and... I'm still playing it every now and then now. I've put in 10 plus hours on the Switch um, and I have not been super thorough. I've done four of the B-sides and some of the sort of end game content, so to speak. And I could easily double the number of hours I've spent into it to like fully complete it, if not more, because some of the puzzles are really tricky. But yeah, I just think if if you like indie games and if you like platformers then this is more even more essential than something like super meat boy as a like yeah, game to play i agree it's more satisfying yeah definitely 
the stuff around the edges just really does elevate this game beyond something like Super Meat Boy, which is very much, or N plus and N, mm. you know, which are very much just about the puzzles and the platforming. This game has quite a lot more to it, you know, with the music yeah. and the story and the way that the difficulty works. It's just like, and that comes back to what you said about about being able to charge more. You know, there's there's elements of this game that are just well beyond what you would expect from an indie platformer. Yeah. Definitely. You know, it's like a bar raising game in that sense. So recommend it. Definitely go and check it out. And then when you have checked it out, let us know what you thought about it. Definitely. Um, you know, because I, I can fairly confidently say most people are going to agree with our summations on this. Like, yeah. I don't think this is a controversial one. I don't think so. So, you know, if you if you do want to be controversial, then let us know. But I imagine you're going to go, oh, cheers for the recommendation. Really loved it. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, let us know what you thought. If there's other games that you think you know we should play that are like you that's your sort of like this is stuck with me kind of thing that you think maybe we haven't played let us know always on the lookout for games to play you can email us at show at octal.fm you can tweet us we're at octal.fm on twitter um i've been tweeting a few little tidbits of celeste before we started recording mm-hmm. um so you know if you're interested in what we're recording next then uh you know definitely follow us on twitter you can also get in touch with us and follow us on facebook as well it's facebook.com forward slash octal fm mm-hmm. and as always like and subscribe uh, <laughs> <laughs> leave us a review on whatever you're listening on and yeah you can you can find us on everything now you can find us on spotify as well and it's pretty much only i think youtube and soundcloud are like the only things we're not on really and they're not really podcast platforms not um, really but you could do you could but, really do a youtube thing i don't know yeah you could do i guess uh, but yeah leave us a leave us a review or star this episode or like it or whatever it is that you can do in your app it helps a lot um it's really useful and otherwise in the meantime i have been gelada and I've been Saffron. And catch us again for another episode of Octal FM very soon. Desperately trying to think of a pun. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of anything this time. No. Don't want to push it. You want to strain. I thought you were actually going to come up with one just then. <laughs> no, no. I didn't have one. Not a good one. Um... So like you could, that was a real dash to the end. Oh uh, uh, yeah, um, very good. Oh, it's not very good though. No, or uh, don't know. <laughs> don't know. <laughs> and hit the stop button.